Hello, my name is Julie. Hi, I'm Maxine. We're both civil celebrants and we both are trainers with the International College of Professional Celebrants. I'm going to talk to you a little bit today about the market. Uh, when we have people who come to us and ask about training, quite often they say, is the market overcrowded? First and foremost, well done for asking that question because we would say, do your research, mm. make sure that there aren't a whole cluster of celebrants right in the vicinity that you want to work and also all kinds of research really doing a proper look at what it would be like to be a celebrant in your area um how did you start maxine did you do research of what did you put into google and stuff uh, i did a little bit but probably not as much as i ought to have done if i was honest and um and then i think i saw messages and conversations around is the market overcrowded and and then I had a little bit of a panic. Did you? Um, yeah, and wondered if I'd, I'd already booked the course by then, mm -hmm. thinking, oh, my God, what have I done? Uh, is it the right thing to do? But I, I knew it was the right thing to do. Um, and I think, you know, we've discussed this before, haven't we? It's like any other, it's any other business and, um, and how you set that up. But I think fundamentally, if you go back a little bit, we, we need to think about people's awareness of celebrants um, and how the need for celebrancy has grown. Absolutely, because if you think about even even like five years ago, if you told somebody you were a celebrant, they probably thought you were going to give up sex and thought you were saying you were a celebrant. That happens a lot, <laughs> just does, be warned if you does. have. So the, the word celebrant really has come in the last year, I would say, has really become more well known and, and uh, more of an interest to people. People have discovered that there is an option between the church and the register office. So that is where the celebrant comes in because they can produce a bespoke ceremony, can't they? Mm. I, I still get asked when uh, yeah, yeah, people celibate. ask me, <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely not, not yet. And um, <laughs> it's, uh, it is interesting because people will look at you like that and go, oh, that's really interesting, what is that? So uh, even at wedding fairs, when you catch people and, and, and Fun, it's a really good way to get into a conversation actually is to say do you know the difference between a registrar and, and a celebrant, celebrant. and um, we're kind of on a mission aren't we to when we speak to people to educate them about the options uh, of being a celebrant so I think that fact in and of itself says it's not overcrowded because if it was people would all know what it is and they, exactly. they ultimately don't. So that's a really interesting question you get asked about the difference between a registrar and a celebrant mm. what do you tell them? Well well, currently, at the time of this recording, we talk about the legalities. Um, but it's a really good, I mean, they don't ask me, I invite them or I ask yeah. them if they know what the difference is. Because when you are um, speaking to potential clients, it's a really good way to lay out the differences between a celebrant and a registrar. So we'll explain that, that, that currently celebrants can't legally marry people, um, but we then start to have a conversation with them about what kind of wedding would you like? Um Ideally. How would you like, yeah, ideally, what kind of vows would you like to say to one another? And they will tell me, and then you'll say, well, with a registrar, you might get a choice of four from a tick list. Um, we'd like to have lots of readings. Well, if you go to a registrar-led ceremony, so we talk about the time constraints um, and the limited choice that they have um, and how celebrants can give them a beautiful ceremony um, that is really personal for them. What about you? What do you... Well, I think that one of the important things is that when you have a celebrant-led ceremony, you have that celebrant for the duration, and especially for a wedding, you, 
you've got them for the whole day. They're not going off from one appointment to another appointment to do, you know, to do a marriage. Mm. Um, this is about a very personalised, bespoke ceremony where the celebrant has got to know their couple really well, their personalities, what their values and beliefs are. Yeah. Because um, what we what, what we think as celebrants is irrelevant, really. What we're here to do is to really reflect them and have everything that's meaningful for them in a ceremony. Mm. A registrar has a remit to abide by the law, to do legal words. Uh, that I think you don't even get a certificate these days. It's digital. Uh, it's, yeah, it's digital. It's digital yeah. now. So um, if you want a celebrant-led wedding, then you can still go to the registrar first, uh, well, you have to, um, to do the legal point at the moment, at this moment in time, and then you can have the wedding ceremony as you would want your ideal wedding. Mm. So that's the difference at the moment. Yeah, so I guess what we're saying is, first of all, lots of people still don't know what a celebrant is and so there's lots of opportunity in the market there for people who believe um that they have to have a registrar or go to church to open up the options to them so that's that's yes. one thing and i guess the second thing to talk about is that um celebrants were all different so it's about yeah. finding your market isn't it and your ideal customer and um, yes. so one celebrant doesn't fit all definitely not when we do our training, um, we spend quite a bit of time, don't we, on asking people to think about who they want to work with. I think before you do your training, you don't know, you just think anybody. You don't think about you it. You don't really think about it. Just do anybody. But just give me a wedding. <laughs> but actually what happens during your training week is that you are asked to think about this more and more. Mm. And some people think, actually, do you know what? I really want to do festival weddings or I want to do wooded glades and have the whole wooded scene going on. I want to do beach weddings or coastline weddings. I want to do stately homes. I want to do French chateaus. That's all lots of different celebrants. So for everybody that trains, we ask them to find their niche. Yeah. And it's kind of the same with funerals, isn't it? So funeral directors are all different, but the really clever um, funeral directors very closely match their celebrant with the family. Um, so Julie and I's style is probably completely different. Um, so you're not ever going to get every funeral that that funeral director gets through the door. The clever funeral directors will match you with the family. And that's, I think, very important because you have that synergy, a, a relationship under very difficult circumstances, having to deliver something in a very short space of time. So I've been to see funeral directors who will say, oh, well, we're, we're short of male celebrants. Um, at the moment so um, I've got a male celebrant who lives just across the road from me who trained with the International College of Professional Celebrants and he will get some some jobs with a funeral director that I won't because their books are full of female celebrants at the moment but it's all about style and you know so there is still the market there with with the with the really really good funeral directors if you think about everybody who are training in different professions um how many hairdressers train each year? How many builders train each year? How many plumbers? And yet, if you want a good plumber, you have to wait, don't you? Because the, the work is there for the good people. Mm. So when you're training to be a celebrant, you have to be tra you'll train how to market yourself. Um, you'll be given information how to do that digitally and in by word of mouth. So. The important bit about marketing yourself is that that's 
you're going to attract the clients you're looking to attract and you're going to go and market yourself in the places that those people are. So if you just don't train, because it's not regulated, so you could be a celebrant and not train, you're not going to know how to do that. You're not going to have that expertise and that backing from your trainers. Um, And if you don't niche and you just put a website up and wait for the phone to ring, then I could understand why you might think that the market is overcrowded. But in actual fact, if you're following what you're trained to do, all our celebrants are working. So I think that's the big difference, isn't it? Yeah, I think absolutely. And, you know, it's like choosing your hairdresser or choosing a coach um, or choosing, you know, any kind of support group or any kind of service. So do I go for Virgin or Vodafone? or or two and they're all examples of where companies are operating in what we might term as a as a saturated market so it's um it's really really interesting and i think there is you know by differ- differentiating yourself yeah um that's how you could do it and then the thing is you know, once you get going if you start to make sure that you're canny about getting your reviews and your testimonials it does it does get easier you up. get recommendations so it's it's like any business it's like any business and i think sometimes people don't really consider that they are going to be self-employed and running a small business so we all go to celebrancy because we have a passion for it um, something might have happened in our lives um that's made us think um oh I, i'd really like to do that so that for me that was re- and quite often for other people it's reading at a relative's funeral or, or going to a wedding um but they don't think about the business side of it and the fact that you you might have to invest a little bit of time and effort and sometimes um uh, some capital to launch in your business it's like anything else isn't it and you have to be uh, resilient and persistent and and keep going so would you would you say that having um, professional training and a qualification that's accredited will give you any kind of edge? Would you think that? I think so. So I think in, in two ways. One is um, when you go to see um, funeral directors and you can say, I've trained with the International College of Professional Settlements and you can explain the grounding that they've given you. And that's really useful when you're starting off. Um, because you could talk about your training and actually as part of the course you do write a eulogy and you have designed a service so you can show them that you've done that the fact that it's not a real one you've still gone through the process and you've still it's a real person it's a real person a real person Um, but it's in a in a simulated um way yeah absolutely so i think that's really really useful but it's really good as well to have the logo on your marketing because i think people um are more savvy they want to know um who they're getting they want to know that they're professionals and they so why are we any different to any other yeah to any other profession we're not so i I was thinking about what um sometimes when delegates start training with us they are worried a bit about the marketing and also it things so what we've we've done two two things during the course of the week you are taught how to market yourself it will be an introduction, obviously, because it could be a whole course in itself. And over and above that, we've created a digital marketing course for celebrants, specifically written for how celebrants work, how they need to niche down and how, who they're going to attract and how they're going to work. So we've got you covered. Um, it's, it is a very inclusive and immersive course that teaches you not just about writing and delivering any type of ceremony, but it also equips you 
to get the work. There's no point knowing how to do it if you haven't got any clients. Mm. So it, I think the training is important. So I worry for those people who say the market's overcrowded. I worry for them that they're not marketing themselves properly. I think the other thing is it's really useful to be a buddy with and have a network of celebrants in your area. Absolutely. Because let's face it, if somebody wants a wedding on the 9th of July, you can't do four weddings on the 9th of July unless you're a little bit crazy because it's just, <laughs> no, don't go, never go there. That's my advice. Um, and one thing that I did, I challenged myself and I, to find a celebrant in my area. And I, and I looked at her profile and I looked at her website and I thought, oh my God, she's she's really professional. She's really got her act together. She's a bit scary. And I challenged myself to ring her up and say, shall we go out for coffee? She was absolutely fantastic. And if I can't get a wedding, um, we work for some of the same venues now, then um, then we'll, we'll, we'll trade days. And that's really, yeah. really useful to have. Absolutely. And what I was going to say that at ICPC, we, we say we're a family. We're a family of trained celebrants. If we can't do the work, let's give it to a colleague in our area who might be able to fit that work in. Also, it's we, we have um, opportunities to shadow other celebrants, to connect with them, to don't feel isolated. So if you do have any kinds of difficulty with creating business or getting um, clients, then we've a network of people to help. Mm. I hope that answers the question. Um, I understand why people ask the question because it's a very popular subject at the moment. But I think in context of both the awareness uh, growing, mm -hmm. the demand growing, and also how the training has improved and how you get supported with that, I think that probably is going to be your resolution. Well, thank you. That was really interesting. And hopefully um, we'll see more celebrants on the market because we certainly need them. Bye.